Hey, man, is that the Garage Rock Show podcast? Yeah, man. Well, turn it up, man. This is the Garage Rock Show podcast. To those of you already supporting the show with a monthly subscription, thank you. If you're not already a supporter and you'd like to help make this show possible, please tap the link in this episode's description or visit anchor.fm slash the Garage Rock Show to become a monthly supporter. And make sure to check us out online at thegaragerockshow.com and give us a follow on Facebook at facebook.com slash thegaragerockshow. Now on to this week's episode. It's Friday. It's time for another episode of the Garage Rock Show podcast. Chris here with our special guest this week. Dahlia, what's going on? What's up, Garage Rock Show listeners? Kurt, glad to have you back, man. Thank you for having me. Uh, Carmen, how's it going this week? Hey, good evening. And George. Cheers. What's up? And uh, what's happening. Uh, all right, well, let's get right to it. We got some giveaways uh, up for grabs. We still have the Garage Prize Closet open. Either your choice, Long Strange Trip, Untold Story, The Grateful Dead Blu-ray, Very Best of the Doors, 2018 Remastered CD, or Pink Floyd, The Early Years Blu-ray DVD-CD Combo. All you got to do is text the word GARAGE, G-A-R-A-G-E, to 68683 for this week's giveaway. Good luck on that. And this week's Billboard new releases. Oh, darn it. I forgot to put that on there. So that sucks. But uh, Rock News, kicking it off with some news about Jimmy Page. Jimmy Page has got a new uh, Telecaster that he's reissuing, as well as a brand new amplifier that he's putting together. It's the 50th anniversary of Led Zeppelin this year, and Jimmy Page is presenting this new amp called Sun Dragon, an amplifier that gives guitarists uh, basically the kind of amp that he had supposedly uh, recording the first album of Led Zeppelin, uh, as well as other notable recordings, such as Joe Cocker's With a Little Help From My Friends. He recreated this amp. Uh, originally, he had a Supro Coronado, and after falling out of the back of a band's uh, van during an early pre-Zeppelin tour, the amp was restored and modified in significant ways, and Jimmy realized that the sonic palette of the amp had changed to something new and unique. Uh, it's been shrouded in mystery, supposedly, for more than 50 years, and Jimmy has decided to share this extraordinary amplifier with the world. So only 50 of these amps will be made and signed by Jimmy Page, uh, and you can go to sundragonamp.com. What do you guys think of that amp? It looks kind of cool, but it looks just like an old beat-up amp you'd find in the basement somewhere. I guess that's what he's going for, but uh, <laughs> probably going to be pretty expensive. What do you think? It's out of my price range, man. <laughs> 50? Yeah, I know. Yeah, only, I was, like, 50 I was wondering, made? how much does that cost? No way, man. How much do you guys think that <clears throat> would cost? Yeah, if you it's had a to guess, smaller amp. If you had to guess how much that would go for. I would guess there's like a ten in at least five thousand dollars. Five grand? Oh yeah, at least. At least five grand, yeah. Yeah, probably. I'm thinking ten. I'm thinking ten, maybe. Uh, Why why do you think he named it Sun Dragon? Is that like his? Well, the the Telecaster (laughs) supposedly he's got this thing with dragons. um, That that it's called the Dragon Tele, and supposedly it's um, also being reissued. Well, not reissued, but kind of. That classic Telecaster, along with that print of that dragon on there, is mm. being all made to Jimmy Page's specs and being uh, sold this year as well as part of the 50th anniversary thing. So, is he selling them together or just separate? Well, them? separate. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, they're yeah. together for ten thousand dollars or more. Yeah, probably like twenty. <laughs> I bet. I bet you that guitar is probably at least ten <laughs> or fifteen. Send your child yeah. to college for a year. Twenty thousand for the pack there. Not yeah. To, not to mention each one is that. each one is signed by Jimmy Page. Yeah, each one's right? signed and yeah. numbered. Number, oh, see, man. that one says numbered five of 50 or whatever, number three of 50, I think, something like that. It's gorgeous. It is a cool-looking setup, but yeah, man. How many out of those 50 do you think will go to people who never even play them? At least half of them, probably. Go into vaults in Japan yeah. somewhere. Do you think they'll like, donate? Like, Saudi Arabia. Or? I, I don't rich, know. Rich cats are. It's like the designer, it's the designer line of guitar and amp. Yeah, definitely. It's it's a boutique amplifiers they call them. You boutique, know, b- boutique, yeah. Like you know, it's a very specialized sound. And um, but you know, we'll see how that goes this year. So sundragonamp.com. <laughs> and speaking of merchandising, Ozzy, look at what he's coming out with. <laughs> right. He's just Gross. released a plush bat toy for sale to commemorate his infamous history of biting <laughs> heads off off of bats. Oh my gosh. The toy. Look at it. Looks like a little. Uh, what do they call him? Beanie baby. 
Like, right? Doesn't it look like yeah. a little beanie yeah. baby? A little he beanie looks baby. He like a wrestler from the 80s. Or <laughs> he does. <laughs> haircut and that. It's like fucking Hacksaw Jim Duggan or some shit. Uh, all right, so the toy is complete with a detachable head. It's to tribute his January 20th, 1982 concert where a fan in Des Moines, Iowa, hurled a live bat mm-hmm. on stage and he bit its head off. Later saying he didn't know it was real, the event happened on his Diary of a Madman tour. Despite the, uh, it's $40, the first batch of toys have already sold out. So um, here's his quote about that incident where he bit the head off of a live bat. He told Rolling Stone, <clears throat> uh, well, okay, look at That's so <laughs> He said in his memoir, <laughs> I Am Ozzy, quote, immediately though, oh, oh, excuse me, let me start from the beginning. Osborne picked up the still alive bat, and as he wrote in his memoir, I Am Ozzy, Immediately, though, something felt wrong, very wrong. For a start, my mouth was instantly full of this warm, oh. warm, gloopy lip- liquid with the worst aftertaste you could ever imagine. I could feel it staining my teeth and running down my chin. Then the head in my mouth twitched. Uh, oh, F God. me, I thought. I didn't go and just eat a fucking bat, did I? Osborne <laughs> had to get a rabies shot I'm after sure the incident. I'm sure he did. Holy God, you know? <laughs> That's just like you've got to be. Is that the one that they do in your stomach? Yes. Rabies? I think you have to get the shots. Oh, in your I don't know. Yeah. Is that a, what it is? It's a, a series. series. Yeah. yeah. Oh, <laughs> like how many? Yeah. How many? What do you mean? Like a series? ten? Oh, like holy ten? Shit. Yeah. Shannon had yeah. to get a rabies shot. She got bit by a squirrel, and uh, oh yeah, she oh, wow. like tried to rescue <laughs> a squirrel or something. Well, oh. she was something her dad did, and then she was trying oh, to let it, and then oh, okay. it bit through her fingertip. Oh man. Squirrels are desperate nowadays, man. <laughs> oh my god! Really, seriously, <laughs> like a hole into They're her. They're ruthless. Her uh, some more Aussie news. I thought this was kind of cool. Uh, Aussie sends platinum awards to one of his terminally ill former drummers, uh, Lee Kerslake, who was on 1980s Blizzard of Oz and 1981's Diary of a Madman. Uh, so, if you guys remember when Sharon like re-recorded. The drum and the bass and all that shit for those albums with different people. Uh, she re-recorded them with, uh, I believe it was uh, Faith No More drummer Mike Borden and future Metallica bassist Robert Trujillo. She had both albums reissued in 2002 and scrubbed his drum tracks from these reissues and had these guys play them. And there was some bad blood between them. Like, what the hell, right? You know, like, I, I'm part of the legacy. I should be honored for my work in Ozzy's band. Well, finally, now that he's on his deathbed, he mm-hmm. wrote he wrote a letter a letter to Ozzy and Sharon. He says, "quote I, w- I wrote a really nice letter to Ozzy and Sharon, and I hope they will come to terms with it and say yes." So Ozzy uh, basically has come to terms with it and posted on social media this photo of him standing there with the uh, well sitting there with the uh, platinum records as well as a hand written hand written letter from Ozzy. Uh, it says, I'm so glad Lee Kerslake is enjoying his Blizzard and Diary Platinum albums. Hope you feel better. Love, Ozzy. Uh, he's got some uh, terminally uh, can- cancer. Doesn't have much longer to live. You, I hope you feel better. Yeah. <laughs> I know, right? Right? He's got fucking terminal cancer or something. He's about to die. And Ozzy's <laughs> like, hope die, you yeah. feel better. <laughs> Here's the records, buddy. Sorry. Uh, he was also the longtime drummer for Uriah, Uriah Heep. Heap. Yeah. He joined in 1972, played all the way through 2007 till ill health forced him into semi-retirement. Um, it was during a brief period in which he le- left uh, Uriah Heep in 1980 that he joined Ozzy's solo project. And that drum intro for Over the Mountain is like one of the most iconic kind of, I don't know if you guys remember it off the top of your head like oh, what yeah, I'm talking sure. about. But that, it's like this rolling drum, badass shit, and that was him. And I'm glad that he's finally at least being recognized and not scrubbed from the records the way that Sharon did it. To It was a purely a money issue, uh, and it's kind of, you know, a, a dick move, so to speak. To I mean, could you imagine that, right? You're recording on a legendary album, and then you, uh, uh, you know, for the remasters in 2002, instead of paying you the royalties... They go and hire somebody to re-record the parts that you recorded and and release it that way. I mean, isn't that just, you know? What do you think of that? That's fucked up, I think. You know, her tactics have been um, criticized by plenty of people. Right. Um, I don't know, man. I don't know. See what I have to offer you? <laughs> <laughs> that was profound, George. You're welcome. Well, they have um, this enterprise that they've built, and 
they want to keep the money flowing. So I could see her from a business person standpoint um, wanting to capitalize as much as possible. I mean, she is like kind of like the mastermind behind. Seems like the drummer always gets shit on. They uh, always do. They're well, in the basis. Just in this situation, yeah. like Bill Ward as well. He got left out of Sabbath's reunion tour. Uh, he didn't, you know, he was asking for his fair share. They didn't want to give it to him. So, I mean, they just kind of have this, I don't know, attitude that the drummer and the bassist are just kind of expendable, whatever. They're not a big fucking deal. You know, we don't need to pay them as much as the other guys. And I don't know. I think that's kind of backwards, man. The drummer and the bassist and backbone of they, the band. They are the backbone of the band. Anybody in a band kind of really knows that. But I don't know. Sure. It just seems like they always kind of get shit on a little bit, you know? Oh, um, yeah. And uh, so. At least they're trying to make it right for him on his fucking deathbed, but... At least. <clears throat> at least they're doing that. All right, moving on to more rock news. Spotify testing a new feature to let you block artists. What do you guys think of that? They're supposedly... Uh, it's coming after Spotify came under pressure last year to ban R. Kelly from its platform. Uh, in reaction to the upcoming Lifetime documentary, Surviving R. Kelly, in which he has, uh, you know, abused and sexually assaulted women, underage teen girls for over 25 years... So you can still hear his songs on Spotify, but the platform banned him from their curated your, uh, his curated playlist in May. So they're, sp- they're supposedly testing this new feature where you can ban someone altogether mm. and not um, listen to their music. So do you think that'll actually do anything, or is that just kind of a PR move that Spotify is just trying to cover their ass and say, "Well, we give them the option," and you know? I mean, this is what this is on. Uh just like randomly generated playlists mm-hmm. yes uh spotify is just basically like you can download well, right. Well, right 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 you, you know how spotify works so it's right. just basically you could block somebody from coming bas- from coming up on your rotation right yeah i don't want them in my like when i put yeah. it on 90s hip-hop i don't want r kelly popping in there you know that's fine something like that that seems it's reasonable a, right a yeah. useful feature yeah you know? sometimes you like listen to a genre and they always want to play whatever it is you know like right. a band that you hate yeah like yeah. why, it's like, is why that do you keep playing this the first one all the time <laughs> yeah thumbs down that's the thing with some of those like digital services right like they have a really bad algorithm it seems like and it's not very responsive or intuitive to like what we want to listen to it always just seems like some bullshit's popping up that we're like what the fuck is this i don't want to listen to this right now or why do you keep playing this? well the problem is is they're not judging music on the same way that people who enjoy music judge music right by the same parameters they're looking at it as a financial thing or a numbers thing in terms of you know you're tagged as they, a they certain categorize. style of music and you have you know tags and right yep they just go through the thing and try to match shit up depending on what you like to listen to but yeah it's a trip i just can't stand some people's voices man mm-hmm. <laughs> you know right. what i mean mm-hmm. yeah uh all right uh moving on to more news green day selling off a bunch of their gear Online from the Dookie era. Uh, I, hope it, I hope it's just not old <clears throat> Dookie, you know. <laughs> it's so the pile of Dookie that inspired the album name. <laughs> it's the old grandpa's pile of Dookie. Uh, no, apparently more than 100 iconic pieces of uh, Green Day history going up for sale. It is the 25th anniversary of that album, uh, 1994's Dookie. So apparently starting on February 7th, you can go to Reverb.com and check out the items. Among them, uh, 50 personal guitars from Billy Joe Armstrong. That's a lot of guitars. Five drum sets from Trey Cool. Among the items for sale is Armstrong's first guitar ever. Wow. A Harmony Stella Parlor Acoustic, along with the cabinets used for the band's 1994 Woodstock performance and on both Dookie and Insomniac tours. That's pretty cool. Uh, so there you go. Um it's kind of a cool PR stunt, I think, too, to kind of celebrate the 25th anniversary to, like, go in the fucking uh, the old warehouse storage and be like, yeah, we could sell that, you know? Why not, right? It's like an estate sale uh, for a band. Yeah, right? <laughs> uh, so They'll be standing around as people shop. Like, <laughs> they're like, hey, <laughs> Please that? don't touch that. Sonic no, that's actually a really gear. quality piece. <laughs> can I, on reverb can I look at that? Ago. No, you can't look at it. Okay, don't look at it. All right. <laughs> Uh, this goes to 11. That's uh, crazy that it's 25 years. We, I was, I think, like in fifth grade or whatever when that was. Uh, 1994. That album. Yeah, I was 11. One, like, I was remember? 11 years like, old. Yeah, they won, like, second best. Trip video to think that about. Year. 
how old how old were you guys in 1994, George, <laughs> Kurt? Depending on what month, I was 23 or 24. All right, yeah, yeah, about that. Yeah, nice. Crow milk, of course, is the protein-based milk uh, dairy product made with the eggs of crows, which we all know the eggs of crows are some of the most fortified eggs in the bird kingdom. Charles, you know from harvesting crows' eggs uh, yourself. <laughs> oh, absolutely. The the fortification and benefits of these crows' eggs. Yeah. Sometimes you can just crack one open in your mouth and get the raw nutrients like oh, that. Yeah, yeah. But crows' milk does so much more. It, it not Helps only with inflammation. It, it it not only harnesses yeah. the power of the crow egg, but it it <laughs> blends it up in dairy based product that is just uh, second to mm-hmm. none. You know, and it truly gives you that. It truly gives you that that scavenger chest. Like it <laughs> it really it makes you. It you makes know. you have the mindset of a crow. You see those crows on the street where you're yeah. driving your car, <laughs> and they don't move out of the way? Yeah. Because they're fucking jacked up on crow milk. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you could be the same way. You know, you could just have that, I don't give a fuck mentality yeah. on crow milk. Yeah, exactly. Crow, yeah, crow milk. Drink it. <laughs> Drink it and, and be one with, with your own, um, with your karma. Harness the power of the crow. Harness the power of the crow. Crow milk, so. Thank you, crow milk. Uh, all right, so uh, moving on. Uh, Maynard from Tool says he's not to blame for the band's music not on streaming services. So he was hit up on a fan's plea that uh, went to his Twitter that said, quote, help keep Tool as relevant and accessible as, as it's always been. And then Keenan simply replied, squawking at the wrong Tool. As it currently stands, Tool remain one of the highest profile rock acts to have not taken part in the digital re- revolution of the music industry. The band's music remains largely unavailable through any legal retail digital music service with official streaming options also essentially being non-existent. Um, So apparently they had meetings with Spotify and Apple Music to make their music available uh, for streaming, but two years later, it's still not happening. So people are like, did those talks fall through? Are they waiting on something, waiting for the new album to release and maybe do something of their own? Um, Keenan is apparently being truthful about not being the holdout, given that the music of his other two bands, Pussifer and A Perfect Circle, are available on digital outlets. So he's in control of those two bands, and it seems that Tool, for whatever reason... I he, wonder who it is. Yeah, he clearly doesn't own the rights to the not music. as a Yeah, not as a sole yeah, uh, owner. So there's something else at work and i also i don't know what do you guys uh, you think it could be just a you know tools always kind of been that shrouded in mystery kind of laying low not really doing a lot of press not doing a lot of stuff and i think it helps them in the long run especially with this digital day and age where you can get everything and download everything all the time tool kind of remains that elusive one where you're like well fuck i can't go and get that for free on spotify i actually have to go and buy it or see them at a show I don't know. I think that's kind of smart, but there are three of them in the band. So. It could also be a, just a straight-up money issue where they're just not even thinking about it that way. They're just like they want a big payout, like uh. the Beatles or Zeppelin, and they waited years to put their stuff on digital. So, well, I don't know. What do you guys think? Think it's a creative thing, like trying to be mysterious, or think it's a money issue? I, so, I mean, then you're shutting out a lot of new listeners, you know, if you don't have your stuff on services like that, because a lot of people just exclusively listen to right. streaming. I mean, music there's no real radio. benefit to being a holdout, right? Right. Well, who's it benefiting? Well, for you I, to hold I think your... it benefits the Tool fans, because if if you're a no, I think it benefits Tool because well, Tool. But if you're a Tool fan, I think that they kind of appreciate that, and you know, they're like, you know, screw you, we're not gonna conform to this well the tool but see that's the thing the tool fans are asking oh they want it they want this digital they want to be able to have it well we do too we're we're always trying to you know when we're you know doing things around the house when we're listening to music we we can't unless we put on our own personal right music because it won't play i think that's still i think they're being like kind of like a jack white kind of mentality of forcing you to play their music the old-fashioned way like either you buy it or you have it on physical copy but we're not part of this digital streaming shit right now where you're forced to listen to it as a piece of work and you would have to go to their website to buy it Mm -hmm. you know you wouldn't be able to buy it on itunes and itunes gets their little fucking cut and all that shit or a sam goody 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Go to your local wow. Sam Goody. Music land. <laughs> Music land. <laughs> warehouse. The warehouse. Yeah, the warehouse. Yeah. I worked yeah. at both of those places. I worked at the warehouse too. Nice. In Merced, <laughs> did you guys? Did I you, worked at the warehouse in Merced. Did you work at the warehouse in Merced? Yeah, did you work for Don Dowell? I. Can I? Th- put we me can't off? leave this no. on, on air. <laughs> did you work for Don Dowell? I did. I worked for Don. Okay, hold on. Hold on. <laughs> there. I worked there twice. Okay. I worked there 89, 90. <laughs> okay. And I was there like 94, 95. I was there the year that we liquidated everything oh they told us like the month before christmas yeah they told us the month before christmas that uh we're liquidating all the product there were no more warehouses after that yeah that was horrible that was sad now it's that weird family it's weird store or something oh yeah that ghetto uh family clothes (laughs) yeah it's it's called family clothes oh that's so funny george What a shameful... It's a small town. He must have been there forever. He was. He was there for a long time. I saw him about five or six years ago. Oh, did you? Out and about with his with his gentleman friend, uh-huh. holding yep. hands in yep. public. I'm like, was that's he happy that, or was he just, just disgruntled is. No, no, person. we said hi and shook hands and that was it. Hey, good to see you. See you around, bro. <laughs> yeah. Funny. All right. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway. Well, Sorry. Cool. Wow, that was a... Birdwalk. <laughs> yeah. We digress. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> All right. Uh, more more rock news. Uh, new documentaries coming out about Thin Lizzy frontman and songwriter Phil Lynott. The film is titled Phil Lynott Songs for While I'm Away, and it's in the works from award-winning Irish filmmaker Emma Reynolds, featuring interviews with Thin Lizzy members Eric Bell, Scott Gorham, Darren Wharton, along with U2's Adam Clayton, Susie Quattro, Huey Lewis, as well as Metallica's James Hetfield. Uh, so, yeah, of course, you know, Whiskey in the Jar, Metallica's known for making that song kind of famous in the mainstream and I guess in the 90s when that came out. Um, but, of course, Thin Lizzy was the original. Do you uh, remember when that album came out with Whiskey in the Jar? Weren't you, like, upset as a Metallica? I, I like it The Black now. Album? Yeah. The I Black like Album? The, the Whiskey in the Jar was not on the Black Album. Oh, which which album? Uh, Was it, feel like, Fuel or... What, what, I was what? upset with Metallica long Load? before that song. <laughs> I think it was Load? Oh, it was on Load. There was Load, there was Reload. Yeah, it was I on don't Load, know. Load, I think. Load? Oh, yeah, Load, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but like later, like I like those songs now. Like going back and listening to them, I don't know. Yeah, I kind of like wasn't. I'm, I'm not like time, a hard. Yeah. At that at that time when those albums came out, I was like a huge Metallica fan. I was like, what is this garbage? Yeah, it was disappointing. It was disappointing, but I don't know. Now <laughs> I like the songs. So disappointing. <laughs> so disappointing. Right after the Black Album, it just like tanked, you know. But hey, you know, bands yeah. sometimes. That happens. Um, oh, speaking of albums, though, we were uh, checking out some of these tracks a little bit off air. Uh, Weezer unveils their new covers collection. It's called the Teal Album uh, that just came out on Wednesday this week. It was kind of a surprise release. No one really knew it was coming. Ten song collection featuring My- Michael Jackson's Billie Jean's, uh, Black Sabbath's Paranoid, Tears for Fears, uh, Toto, uh, Eurythmics. What would you guys think of those tracks? I, I thought they were kind of cool for the most part. Kind of a cool thing for Weezer to do. What would you guys think? Uh, it's a fun party record. I could see someone driving to it. Sounds great. Mm-hmm. I agree. I could see him integrating them into a live set, definitely. You know, like oh, yeah. in between their their own originals that they, they're throwing those in there. But a lot of people online were kind of giving them shit. They were saying, oh, Weezer's kind of like a fair band now. Weezer's going to play my wedding and you know, things like that. Do you think it, yeah. it comes mm-hmm. to a point, though, with a band where you get old enough where Weezer, you know, theoretically, like, not to compare Weezer to some of the other shittier 90 bands, but let's use for a, a, a shitty example, like, a band like... Seven Mary Three. No, like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> or Lit. Some, something I like, am Yeah, <laughs> One of those, or um, I, I, Everclear. Everclear, where you're going to see them at a state fair or something like that. (laughs) Like, I would see them at the Fresno Fair or uh, even in in Merced. And it comes, it gets to a borderline where they only have so many hits that people know. And then you got to insert a bunch of covers into your set to get the crowd going. And do you think bands like kind of get past that point where they start doing covers and they're like, I'm a greatest hits kind of 
band now and this is you know kind of what we're doing or do you think it's just kind of fun and they're just having fun i'm sure it's fun for them well yeah Um, i mean it's fun fun jam these songs anybody um, knows that. but like as far as like cover bands go like i always liked me first and the gimme gimme's because they like had their own spin on covering. Yeah, they made songs. everything like punk, like a punk yeah, version they of everything. Yeah, everything out. Yeah, I like that. And these are like pretty faithful recreations. Like no, we were yeah. listening, like they, they even are. have like the original synth sounds mm-hmm. on some of these tracks, and uh, they're like some people were saying it's like a carry, like it, Rivers doing karaoke. Right. It's nice when uh when a uh something has their own spin on it. A cover has you know your own right. spin. You don't want to just have a straight straight up cover thing where it's, of the song where you're like okay yeah that's Weezer doing that song but it's not really right you know I mean are they breaking any ground really right now you know what I mean yeah I Hasn't don't think Weezer so. like kind of blown their load as far as <laughs> mm-hmm. they're running out of colors like, they're starting to get into the well yeah the black you know, colors. They've, <laughs> yeah. Had a, they've had a 25 year run so far the black album 25 is going to be their six color coded release which is coming out apparently in March so we're going to have to go into like aubergine and like <laughs> fuchsia periwinkle periwinkle mustard they're going to do the beige album and cover beetle songs <laughs> <laughs> they could still do the beige album that's uh, they haven't done that one yet all right so let's move on Kahaki <laughs> pants. We, oh my god, we watched that on Christmas Eve. It's so uh, funny. Oh, trailer Park bubble. Boys. Trailer Park Boys. <laughs> shout out. <laughs> trailer Park Boys. Uh, okay, <laughs> let's move on to some trivia. Uh, on this day in music history trivia, we have a double trivia edition today. We got two two questions for you guys. I thought these were both kind of cool. Let's see if you know. In 1991, on this day, January 25th, this artist appears on the second season of MTV's Unplugged and becomes the first act to release their performance as an album and majorly increase the popularity of Unplugged. Uh, It wasn't really popular at the time. Was it A, Bob Dylan, B, Eric Clapton, or C, Paul McCartney? What do you guys think? Everybody give us your little answer. It's Clapton. Yeah, it's Clapton. Clapton. Yeah, I remember his. Who is Eric Clapton? You guys say Eric Clapton. Who is? I'll take who is Eric Clapton. He did, and it wasn't (laughs) it like so sad. (laughs) Oh yeah, the well that was right when his son died. Yeah, when I see you in heaven. heaven. Didn't he do that? Oh yeah, it's horrible. (laughs) But great song, sad song. You guys are absolutely incorrect. Oh. It is Paul McCartney. (laughs) No way. It is Paul McCartney. Wow, we're going to have to go back and watch that. Paul McCartney uh, appears on the second season of MTV's Unplugged, including some Beatles songs in his set. In June, he becomes the first artist to release his performance as an album. It was released as Unplugged, the official bootleg album. Show producer Alex Coletti said in 2003 that if McCartney had never released that album, the concept of MTV Unplugged would have never gained the cult status that it went on to enjoy. Wow. Was no way. Series. That's Absolutely. bullshit. That's all bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> well, this was the first official album release uh, on Capitol Records as an album for MTV Unplugged. So that's all really it was. Uh, it wasn't the most. It wasn't trying to say the most popular or anything that like that. Yeah, oh. Look at that cassette insert. I know, dude. You remember those? Oh God, vividly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So there you go. Okay, double trivia. Let's move on to the next question. On this day in music history trivia, January twenty fifth. Also in nineteen eighty four, John Lennon, Lennon's widow Yoko Ono donates three hundred and seventy five thousand dollars to Liverpool's Strawberry Field which served as the inspiration for the Beatles' song Strawberry Fields Forever. Strawberry Field is actually a what? Is it A, a cemetery, B, a food bank, or C, an orphanage? I always thought it was like a school, so I would think I would guess orphanage. A school, huh? That's, I don't know. So Churches. Maybe, maybe it was an orphanage. Gra- gravy. <laughs> yes. Crumpets. Field. Crumpets and tea. Porridge. Strawberries growing. May I have some more, please? <laughs> So, okay, Carmen says uh, orphanage. What do you guys say? I mean, that sounds right. I'll agree with Carmen. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm, yeah I'm agreeing with Carmen. Like, you guys I were all wrong last eat, time. I wouldn't yeah, eat well. strawberries from no a one's cemetery. Carmen's very influential, what can we say? Okay. Don't agree sounds with right. me. <laughs> Don't eat strawberries that grow from in a cemetery. If you're, <laughs> why would they name it strawberry? Why is that? I don't know. <laughs> all right, check Maybe out this would... picture here. You are uh, correct. It is an orphanage. Uh, Crazy. Yep. 
Uh, it was an orphanage. It served as the inspiration for the Beatles song Strawberry Fields Forever. And Yoko Ono donated $375,000 to it in his name. So that was Yeah, and cool. why would you donate money to a cemetery? It's kind of a lost right. cause. Kind of true. People are just dying to get in. Well, a lot of people, a lot oh. of people used. There was a, cons, a conspiracy, right? That um, Paul McCartney was dead and that he was buried in strawberry fields or some shit. And oh. people thought that it was some kind of Paul like innuendo for a cemetery or something like that. So that's why I included <laughs> it in one of the choices. When you're about to saddle up and tread that rusty terrain, you need a brand of drink you can rely on. And when you reach across to grab that drink from your compadre on that dusty trail, it's better be something that's made from the heart. And when you open up that mix of taurine and tiger's tears, know that Balljack is there with you. Hell yeah! America. Balljack has been disputedly bringing its tasty, energizing mix to the mouths of dusty trailblazers like you since 1863. You're goddamn right! Don't leave your dusty trailmate hanging. Reach over and grab his ball jack. He's waiting for you to quench that dusty trailblazing thirst with his ball jack. Woo! Ball jack, the drink of dusty trailblazers. Reach for it today. Moving on to Sports Minute. Of course, we all saw, I don't know, maybe you guys didn't. I didn't. Uh, we were watching the game. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. And the blown call. So I'm going to I'm gonna just play this. It's like a little 15-second loop I don't video. even watch football, but, yeah, they should have So won. just look at this. Uh, the whole deal was is that it came down to the last minute, and there was this pass that they made, and uh, the opposing team, before the guy could even kind of get the to catch the ball, runs into him, and it, supposedly that's pass interference where somebody – hits the opposing player Correct. without Before. letting them uh, catch the ball first, right? Like, right. without giving them a chance. So, the thing was, the ref didn't call that uh, foul or whatever. And so, mm. the Rams went on to win the game. So, everybody's saying it's the worst blown call in NFL history. So, wow. here's here's the little video. You guys judge for yourselves and check out this uh, little video here. Uh, I'm sure everybody listening, they can't, you guys like, go can back and make it. a call and like retract. Here's the thing: I was yeah, talking to a replay, f- right? Well, I was talking to a friend, and apparently, you can't do that, and not on uh, pass interference calls. There's like certain categories oh, right, right, right. that you can only um, uh, ask for a replay. It, it, it's only a certain category, and uh, so they couldn't get a replay. So he see the ball even going for the ball. See, oh yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, see yeah. the balls being passed to him. There's the Rams. He's the defensive oh, yeah, player. Yeah, he hit him before. He ever the Saints even player had a in the black is trying to catch the ball, and the dude just runs straight into him without him. You know, not even the ball's not even close to. He even yeah. like put his shoulder into it. Yeah, he hit him straight up, and some people were saying it was helmet to helmet contact. Which is like a, a no-no. You can't do that. Like you can't butt heads, helmet to helmet, because it can cause. I mean, almost in a way. See how he hits look. him on the side of the helmet there. No, I hear you. But almost in a way, it looks like. See number twenty-three here in the Rams, right? It almost seems like he's almost out of control, dude. Oh yeah. You know yeah, what yeah. I mean? Yeah. I it's that. almost like it's oh, yeah, almost he, like he's it's trying to correct himself. Almost like in it's a way. almost like incidental contact because he's not really trying to hit him. They just happen to collide running to the same place. You right. know what I'm saying? Right. So then would you say it's a foul though? Would you call that? I mean, look dude, you know, I've seen on social media, a bunch of other, uh, photos stills from this same game where there were plenty of bad calls right. going both ways all throughout the entire right. game right. you know what i mean that's kind of it the just of the happens game, right? to be a very this is the play. one play that meant some shit yep you know yep very good point that is a good point uh but yeah so it's going to be the patriots and of course uh uh, the Rams. The Rams. Yeah. Uh, nice. Uh, happening on Super Bowl Sunday, February 3rd. So check it out if you give a shit. Uh, if you don't, <laughs> then don't. And it's Chris's birthday on February 4th. Yeah. Woo-hoo. So, woohoo. Your birthday's always <laughs> on Aquarius. Super Bowl weekend. Yeah, I know. It sucks. I don't like that. 
because everybody's doing a Super Bowl party. And, That's all right. You know, I don't really do that shit. But anyway, let's move <laughs> on to some other news. Uh, I lost my place on my little thing here. Oh yeah, the, so CBS. Speaking of Super Bowl. Uh, CBS rejected a medical marijuana ad that was going to be running on the Super Bowl. <laughs> uh, here's the thing. CBS is rejecting a spot from a cannabis company that's backed by former Republican House Speaker John Boner. Or Boehner. 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 Yeah. Oh, Boehner. really? It's pronounced Boehner. I yeah. I'm sure he's had to say that so many times. <laughs> I, mean, I like John Boner. But he I'm is a Boner. With, I'm going to stick with that. But apparently, he's like... Totally changed, done a 180, and he's like Mr. Weed now, and he, he believes in... Well, yeah, because he sees the money. He's like, well, oh, billions of dollars? I'm there. Sponsor I think he also me. sees the benefit of the medical aspects I mean, isn't well. he like 75 years old? Like, yeah. Aren't all these guys like in their 70s? Right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm uh, sure he benefits from... So apparently the commercial was going to show... That's very true. I'm sure the, uh, the commercial was going to show a veteran with combat injuries and a child with seizures... And they decided to not let them uh, show the um, commercial. So what do you guys think of that? Is that kind of backwards thinking already? Or are, well, are they missing the boat right now? Or do you think that that's just like they're trying to be, oh, it's federal law. No, so. yeah, there's a lot of behind the scenes to it. Everyone in the nation's going, well, a lot of people, it's kind of a tradition in the nation are gonna, going to be watching the Super Bowl. And it's not federally legalized. So right. I guess to yeah. prevent having all kinds backlash. Of I can't backlash believe you complaints. aired that commercial of showing a child getting I, CBD drops. I think or in like two or three years, this will change. Maybe even in, in a year, because there's yeah. a lot of uh, things that are happening in legislation that are uh, going to be changing. Um, that are going to be changing federal law as well. That yeah. you'll see probably in 2020. Um, but for now, this is. Kind of where we're Just at. The way it still. is. Yeah. It's kind of behind the times. It's a company called Acreage Holdings. They have a market value of two point four billion, and they have cannabis operations in fifteen states. So don't couldn't they just you know do the local spots during the Super Bowl, right? Because they're the national commercial That's spots, true, right? I think they want to go for that national kind of yeah. like, yeah. you know, a company, I'm a national company with a message or whatever. Well, so how many states? Well, that's mainstream how many acceptance right there. Yeah, getting aired at the Super Bowl, right? And and uh, the powers that be just don't aren't ready to ready. let it go yet. People aren't ready. They for They want yet. to, yeah. but they, you know, they yeah, understand. it's not quite there yet. We're right on the cusp of that. I'm sure we'll see like a Depends commercial though with like grown We're adults. We're gonna see all diapers. kinds of dumb, yeah, totally. See, that's the thing, some like posing in front of the mirror. Some yeah. like yeah. war, <laughs> pro war. You know, oh yeah, they'll definitely have some kind of shit like that and, too. Yeah. yeah, it's all red, white, and blue, and fucking, <laughs> you know, all that shit. But uh, anyway, a funny little aspect of the Super Bowl. Check out Dave Grohl. Dave Grohl? God, you're starting to look more and more like a maniac. Here, look at They're doing a throwback like they're in the 70s. Michael Strahan uh, and some others. The San Fernando Jackalopes. It's a fake football team that uh, Dave Grohl and the Foo Fighters are doing this promo video because Foo Fighters are playing a show on Super Bowl Saturday, Larry February Hulk. 2nd. And so they're doing this funny little promo video to kind of promo their concert that they're going to be doing. So Foo Fighters and a bunch of other bands are going to be playing uh, at <laughs> playing a concert on Saturday, February second. Piles adult diapers. There you go, da- there yeah, you go, it, Carmen. It reminded me of that. That's why I was saying. <laughs> He's playing his sitar or what? He's a little George Harrison there. Well, who, who's the guy in the middle there? In the um, um, how? No, uh, Terry Bradshaw. Terry Bradshaw. Bradshaw. Right. Look at his mustache is coming off. He was oh, like, it's great. <laughs> Brett Rogers. That's Taylor Hawkins, the drummer. Anyway, pretty stupid video, but uh, the uh, you know Foo Fighters is going to be one of the only rock bands out there, so at least it's worth mentioning that they'll go, they're going to be out there on Saturday, February second, in Atlanta. So if you want to check it out, they're going to be airing that on ABC, I imagine. And guess who's singing the national anthem? Gladys Knight. Gladys Knight is going to be singing the Star Spangled Banner at the Super Bowl. I think that's a good choice. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. She's she's a great choice for that. So 
yeah. And has, Mer- has that never happened before? What's that? Her singing the national. Yeah, I, I don't know. I guess not. I don't know. I'm not sure. Uh, they always pick somebody, and I don't. I don't think she's gonna be one to butcher it. You know, like they, sometimes it's iffy. No, she's classy. Sometimes they have ones. Oh, I don't. I can't remember what we had it like a year or two ago. Wasn't Fergie. It, was it Fergie on there or? Ooh, uh, man, one of those <laughs> it was really bad. Didn't Roseanne do one? She did on the, the World 80s. Series back oh, in the eighties. Yeah, that was yeah. in the World Series. And she grabbed her crotch and spit. Mm, yeah, she mm. after she did it, and it was this big old controversy. <laughs> but I don't think Gladys Knight's going to be doing that. No. Uh, yeah. but <laughs> that would be epic if she did, though. Yeah, it would be, right? <laughs> Maroon 5 is going to be the headliner, as well as Travis Scott and Big Boy. So that's going to be a big old shit show big down boy? there. Wait, see, like, even... How is he yeah. still relevant? Because they, he's been doing collaborations with, like, Travis Scott and oh. some of those other guys. I don't know who any of those people are. <laughs> he was in that one uh, duo, Big Boy, and uh, who was the other guy? Um, little Boy? Little Boy. <laughs> no, they were... Uh, girl, Big Girl. They big, did that, that song, Hey Ya, and they did... Outcast. Uh, oh, Outcast, Outcast, thank you. Mm. Yeah, he was the other guy in Outcast. Right. He was one of the we saw guys. We saw Outcast at Coachella with... Um, with him, big boy, yeah. he was there. That was a blur. He broke off, did his own thing. Yeah, he was part of Outcast. Oh, I can't remember day. that now. With Andre 3000. Barely. Anyway, <laughs> let's move on to some movie entertainment and TV news. As Ray Romano's first stand-up special is going to be coming to Netflix, guys. No His way. very first stand-up special, believe it or not, is coming in 23. It's been 23 years, and it's coming on February 5th to Netflix. He did a... a uh, taping during two sets at New York's Comedy Cellar and Village Underground. So, there you go. Cool. Uh, Conan O'Brien is getting a downsized show. Did you hear about this? This is the first late-night show now that it's going to be in a 30-minute format. What? Yeah. I almost think, like, God, dude, I feel so bad for Conan. He was supposed to get the Tonight Show or whatever, and he got shafted on that. Yeah, I mean, no one sees him on that. I mean, yeah, on no one sees him on TBS, and now they're turning it into a 30-minute show, and it's only one guest. There's not three celebrities. It's just one. Tom mm-hmm. Hanks was the solo guest on the debut this past Tuesday night. It now airs 11 to 11.30 p.m. Monday through Thursday. Do you guys think a shorter format is better for late night, or do you think it's you know the hour should be you know should I be like an hour? I like an hour because you know then it gives I mean, them time fuck, to do their, their their monologue. You know how yeah. much how much of an hour is actually the show? And that's a good point. I, that's a good point. I that's was really going to say what 20, 24 minutes or something. Yeah, because some of those ones like on minutes. on Colbert and some of the other ones they ramble on and on and do these stupid bits for it's, like ten fucking minutes diluted. that are just yeah, really man. really mm-hmm. bad. Right? Colbert so, is really long. His, his yes. monologue because he'll so do you, one standing and then sitting. You've got right. like a seven minute you know. I like the opening one where he's standing and then after he's sitting. I hate that shit where he yeah. does the sitting down monologue after that. Yeah, it's just do the standing one and maybe right to the guest and maybe that's what Conan's gonna do but so then like you know Jimmy does his little thing and then he usually has some kind of here's some special funny thing that we yeah, did yeah and Co- I really and liked fun, Conan's you know, bits like out. out of all the late night show like you know in the year 2000 yeah. and all that shit he would Conan would have like a really funny. funny take on a lot of stuff so I'm gonna kinda and he would do those in-depth things where he would like go to a comic con and do a whole thing mm-hmm. right where he would go right. walk around and talk to everybody and he would do these Xbox game things where he would get people to come and play, like celebrities that don't play games, to come and play an Xbox game, and they'd be like, oh my god, I'm dying, what the hell am I doing? And he'd be sitting there playing with them. It was really funny, and so I don't know if that's all going to be gone. Didn't I hope not. Didn't he always do like the molecular man, and then he like yeah. was like, el hombre de, de los moleculos. I thought that was great. Anyway, I used to love He's great. Man. So that's kind of a, I thought it was kind of a bummer, but maybe like what you guys are saying, it's Maybe it's a little better that they're kind of cutting, trimming the fat, and yeah. maybe it's going to be just a better show. Well, what know. are they going to put on a half an hour earlier now? What goes on after that show? That's uh, a good point. Maybe they're making runs. room. Maybe that's why. Maybe they're <laughs> making room yeah. for another show. Wow. It comes on, like, right after the 11 o'clock news. 
But well, it's it says on it's, TBS. It's on at 11. Oh. It's from 11 to 11.30. There's nothing on TBS. I think what they're saying. trying to do is get a jump on the late It'll night It'll have shows. like Family Matters and then Good Times before no, 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 and then no, no, Good no. Times right after. <laughs> what <Good> time. <laughs> <laughs> All the late night shows start at 11.30. And if he's on at 11 to 11.30, he's getting the jump on them. Where people, that's all local news during that time yeah, on most channels. Yeah, then you can channels. watch that and then watch your other Exactly. Show. So that's kind of smart boom. because yeah. if, you know, a lot of the times I can't make it to 1130 and I'm right there at like 11 or 1030. And if Conan's there first, I'll get my fill on that and then I'll probably be kind of cool. So maybe that's a, I think that might be a little smart uh, move. They're going to get some of those viewers that way. We'll see. Uh, all right, so all the Oscars and shit are coming up, right? But every year, the Golden Raspberry Award nominations are announced. It's the Razzies. Have you guys heard of the Razzies before? Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, so it's often, it's it's the counterbalance to the uh, Oscar nominations. Uh, the Razzies are, are pretty, you know, they, they, they do everything. Worst picture, worst actress, worst actor, worst supporting so actor. What's worst picture? What are them? Okay, are? so the ones for worst picture are Gotti. That was the one where John Travolta played John Gotti or some kind of... Um, it was a, a really bad reviewed Oh, and Robin Hood. Happy oh. Time Murders. That was with the... Um, the um, Jim Henson's Muppets. The the comedian lady, though. Oh, <laughs> Ma- um, Melissa McCarthy. Melissa McCarthy. It it got a really... She was supposedly some kind of investigator or something. Yeah, I, we didn't, I didn't see it. I didn't see it, uh, but it got really bad reviews. Oh, well, right. In like a Muppet land yeah, or something? Yeah. Right, right. right. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And then Holmes and Watson, which we saw the picture of, which is Will Ferrell <laughs> oh, and God. John C. Riley that got... Supposedly, yeah. people were walking out of that one. I read that also. Out of the theaters. Wow. They were just straight up walking out of the theaters on that Holmes and Watson one. Also, Robin Hood got really bad reviews. That was a shitty pointless remake like why even do that another robin hood yeah and it's not any different of a story or anything and the actor i can't remember he was, it was really shitty guy like was a, it worse than kevin costner i think it was that's what people were saying <sighs> it, was, it was just as pointless and bad <laughs> and also winchester uh which was with um I think oh, Meryl yeah. Streep. No, or Helen some, Mirren. Her, Helen Mirren. Yeah, sorry. The Winchester, you know, mystery house. Oh, Crazy, all right. Like, it haunted. was. Yeah, it was supposed to be the story of that, Her right? Story, yeah. And it got really bad reviews. It, it was supposedly just really shitty. Yeah. Done, not done very well. <laughs> <laughs> um, Too bad. Some of the actresses like Jennifer Garner and Peppermint, um, and some of the ones that we mentioned. Uh, what were? Uh, let's see what else is some of the. John better. Travolta and Gaudi. Donald J. Trump as himself in what? Oh, yeah. That one's... Uh, where's this? Uh, wor- worst actor. Donald J. Do- Donald J. Trump is himself <laughs> in Death of a Nation in Fahrenheit 11-9. Yeah. Wow. And then also, I think they have Melania Trump as herself. Okay. Worst supporting actress in Fahrenheit 11-9. <laughs> Kellyanne Conway. Uh, wow. Any two actors or puppets, especially in those creepy sex scenes from the Happy Time Murder? <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. So there you go. Oh check out the God. list of Razzies online. We don't have time to go through them all, but uh, check them out. Okay, so out today in theaters, guys, this Friday, theater rent or skip. This is a new little section where we talk about the movies that are coming out this weekend. And if you would watch it in the theater, would you maybe rent it or just skip it all together? So this one is called The King, the excuse me, The Kid Who Would Be King, which is basically a remake of The Sword and the Stone. And it's with, uh, of course, uh, an amazing Patrick Stewart. Uh, he looks like he has wow. a really good role in here, but I don't know if this movie, for me, definitely not getting me to the theater. I may watch this if it's on, like, HBO down the road or some shit, but I don't know if I'd even rent this. I, I To me, near and dear to my heart, Sword and the Stone, one of my favorite movies from the Disney catalog and for a remake to come around that just doesn't really look that great to me I'm not sure I don't know what do you guys think judging by the photos here and uh, it's basically uh, a remake of Sword in the Stone what do you guys think (laughs) Patrick Stewart is Merlin he doesn't seem like funny. Like I always liked Merlin in the Disney one because he was like kind of goofy. And he doesn't and even look like a wizard. Yeah. He looks yeah. like a fucking bum on a bench or something. No, he like. looks like a grandpa. <laughs> I would maybe rent it and watch it at home because there's a dragon in the background. Henry would probably <laughs> like this movie. Just but the whole premise, like on the cover here, of a group of children with swords on a car, on like a just car, going kicking people's asses. Yeah, just, it looks fucking stupid, right? I can't yeah, suspend my disbelief first. that much. No, know? yeah, and like. Uh, 
that's that, exactly what I was thinking. Like, just like it just looks like such a dumb adaptation of of this story. Like, if I, it was a kid, and then there were like adults around him that could really protect him and, and stuff. And it like, looks like he's got people and yeah, has some know. authority, but. He's got the sword in his backpack like he's dressed like this 80s school uh-huh. kid, and he's got a sword in his backpack. I don't know. It just looks fucking stupid. <laughs> so I, I would skip that one altogether. I don't know. What do you guys think? Probably the same. I mean, or maybe watch it if it's on. kids want me to take Oh, it yeah, the kids, it. kids, kids. That's right. That's that's kids' thing. But that doesn't count. All right. Well, look at this one. This one looks a little interesting, I thought. Um, it's based on a book. It's called Serenity, and it's with um, Matthew McConaughey. And what's her name? Anne Hathaway. Anne Hathaway. Uh, And it's, quote, The mysterious past of a fishing boat captain comes back to haunt him when his ex-wife tracks him down with a desperate plea for help, ensnaring his life in a new reality that may not be all that it seems. Oh, whatever. We saw the previews for that. I think McConaughey is is (laughs) going off the deep end with those stupid commercials and stuff. He's just yeah, it looks like he's going nuts. I don't know. We saw the trailer in the theater. Carl Junior's ones and the car. The trailer looked kind of cool. The trailer did look kind of cool. What was that one movie? They're not even showing a trailer for that. What he plays like this like hippie guy who's you know who Matthew McConaughey on acid no way (laughs) no serious we saw in the theater that sounds so unlike him (laughs) I know I can't think of the name of it we saw the trailer in the theater anyway but yeah they're not showing that at all oh dear you hear that that's the sound of mother nature She's an uncompromising beast. Think about it. What was the largest mammal in the history of this earth? The blue whale. What did they eat to become the largest beast on the planet? Krill. That's right. We've harnessed the power of the wild and mysterious krill in our new triple baleen filtered krill reserve lager. We filter our beer in a revolutionary baleen strainer imitating the way blue whales would eat and process their krill. Yar, this is the same process. Filters and extracts all of the seaworthy nutrients your body needs. We only harvest the most wild and exotic krill from one of the most deadly seas on the planet, the Black Sea. Yar! So whether you're fishing for barnacles, sailing the seven seas of cheese, or disposing of unwanted trash or bodies in your nearest lake, yar! You need an uncompromising lager made of the same nutrients that fuel the beasts of the sea. Krill Reserve Lager. Triple baleen filtered for maximum krill potency. It's not just delicious, it's krillicious. Yar! Moving on to local news, did you guys hear about this new ABC special that's going to be uh, airing tonight, actually? It's a 2020 extra. It's called Evil in Eden. And it's Steven Stainer and Carrie Stainer. Uh, Steven Stainer was kidnapped and held captive for seven years as a child became famous for his escape. And his older brother, Carrie Stainer, became known for murdering four innocent women hiking at Yosemite National Park. Uh, So this is local news because we're based in Merced here, right outside of Yosemite. I remember when all this crazy shit kind of happened and it really shook up the town. Uh, They were from Merced and... This made national news headlines across the across the nation, and it was just I don't know. What do you guys think of this? This is the first time that they're doing like a real special kind of documentary. I think they did a a cheesy one like back in the '90s when it happened. It was like a real short kind of inside yeah. edition made for TV movie. based on yeah. the Steven Stainer right, story, right, right, but right. not really the Carrie Stainer part. Right. right. Yeah. And this is uh, a, a or pu- did they do a separate? No, that was him. all much later. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so this is like the first kind of cohesive thing that's coming out. So, I mean, it's a really horrible thing, but I think it's also good to kind of yeah. have have the information out there and educate the people. I don't know. What do you guys think? Yeah. Yeah. It's a fascinating story. Will you story. watch it? Will you guys check it out? I don't know. Yeah, maybe. If it's on YouTube, and I don't have to pay for it. It might. Yeah, I'm sure they will. <laughs> well, if it's on 2020, yeah, is it on ABC? They'll, they'll have yeah. it online. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So that's airing today, as you guys, uh, tonight, as you guys uh, are hearing this. So check it out. Um, also, man, that crazy uh, oh, yeah. Mexico pipeline explosion news from around the world. 
this pipeline explosion, the death toll has reached 85. Well, actually, that was on Sunday night, so it may have risen by the time you guys are hearing that. But uh, apparently the explosion took place as people in a nearby community were taking gas from a pipeline that had been intentionally punctured by thieves, mm. with hundreds of people having shown up over many hours. So they were, like, stealing gas out of this pipeline. They, like, pump. Punctured a bunch of holes in it, and people were stealing the gas, and then the pipeline exploded as wow. people were stealing the gas. It just exploded, and That's terrible. Yeah, fifty-eight other people were hospitalized, eighty-five dead. Oh my god! Um, That's some desperation right there. Well, right? Yeah, yeah. Apparently, there's widespread fuel theft in Mexico. It's a big thing. The gangs who steal from the pipelines, having drilled illegal taps. More than 12,000 times in the first 10 months of 2018. An average of 42 a day. That's that's, crazy. that's how, how much they're stealing that uh, gas from the pipeline. I think it, they'd have to, like, find, I mean, find a better way to, you know, why have an exposed pipeline like that? I don't know. No, it's definitely true. Right, I mean, like, when, when a company goes through, like, ExxonMobil, whoever, mm -hmm. they just build that fucking pipeline. They don't give a shit about, like, they don't think, <laughs> they don't have the foresight to, oh, what about down the road? The locals are probably going to steal this, you know, and try and sabotage it or whatever. They don't give a shit. They just, you know, and it's sad. I mean, it all comes down to just people being poor and desperate. Yeah. You know? Why else would you puncture a hole in a gasoline pipe yeah. <laughs> if you didn't have a death so wish right yeah. yeah and you're just like fuck it i need the gas i need the money or whatever that's pretty sad um also this was a crazy headline lionel richie's son uh cautioned over alleged bomb threat he uh almost got the, the the crazy thing is he didn't get charged with anything he didn't get arrested but here's the deal he was at london's heathrow airport on saturday and he said he had a bomb and he threatened to detonate it. He also punched a security guard, according to TMZ. Uh, his name is Miles Brockman Ritchie. He could have faced jail time if he'd been charged with a crime, but police stopped short of that. A spokesperson, I know, it's like uh, anybody else, anybody right? Anybody else. So, well, it's England, right? So. <laughs> that, that too, that's a point. Because they said uh, Metropolitan Police in London uh, gave him an acceptance of caution for communicating false information causing a bomb hoax and battery fo following an incident at Heathrow Terminal 5. So, I don't know, like anybody else it would have been a big deal, but apparently he was trying to get on a flight. Some reason he wasn't allowed, he became ang angry and allegedly claimed he had a bomb in his bag and he'd detonate it if he wasn't let on the plane. Mm. So, oh, yeah, it's going to get you on the plane. Oh, yeah, right. come on in. Yeah. Come on in with that bomb in your in bag. Nice strategy. In that case, sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then security showed up. He punched one of the guards. Uh, so yeah, yeah, there yeah. you go. Fucking Lionel Richie's son, apparently. Um, look at this. Oh, this was ridiculous. I thought worth talking about. As the 97-year-old Duke of Edinburgh may have retired mm. from public life, but he's apparently still driving around in a Range Rover <laughs> as he pulled out of the driveway and smashed into another vehicle. Uh, he wasn't wearing a seatbelt. And he just, he didn't even know what happened. He was, like, all discombobulated. Two other people in the car were treated for minor injuries, including a child. Who there was... would get in the car with him driving? Oh, my God. <laughs> I know. He was by himself. <laughs> Can you imagine getting oh, in the... Oh, two people were in the other the car. The other car. Okay, yeah, it was okay. like a family in yeah, the other car. Okay. That had like <laughs> I was going like... to say, can you imagine us getting into a car with a bello behind the wheel? <laughs> no no way. Never. No way. Dude, it was so scary <laughs> when he horrifying. was... I saw him blow through a... Uh, a fucking intersection one time and he didn't even look like he just like just he rolled just straight through it back out didn't even like care. looking behind him yeah. he didn't even look i was standing i was literally at the stop sign uh on the intersection of martin luther king like 18th and i was going straight to g and he was coming on martin luther king and he just fucking went right through the intersection and he had his arms on the steering wheel like this and he's just fucking looking Chris has his arms straight ahead straight out straight ahead he would, didn't even look to my right and i'm going i'm standing uh, like sitting in my car with my hands up like abuelo what are you doing Holy and he's shit. just going straight through the intersection like wow and eventually he got into accident like that and we had to take his license away because it was crazy you know like he's still driving around and I don't know what the hell is it with these people like driving around when you're 97. 97? He doesn't Fucking even nuts. need the, 
This, the and Duke he's a king. Yeah, he's like drive. a prince or some shit. What are you doing? Do whatever, well, whatever the hell he wants to do. That's why he's, like the, uh, he's the king you know? consort. <laughs> no, or no, he's prince. He's Prince Philip. Prince, prince Philip. Oh, okay. Oh All yeah, right. prince. Yeah. All right. Speaking of royalty, Taco Bell <laughs> bringing back its nacho fries, guys. <laughs> oh god, they're oh, back. How dare you? When I'm on my diet, they're back. They're so good. They're like a dollar, and yeah. you get nacho cheese with them, and yeah. they're really yeah. good. Yeah. Only available for a limited time. So, uh, also speaking of fast food things, uh, check this, this out, guys. So oh, that's gross. Are, are you are not dreaming. Thing. You can now fill your home with the incredible aroma of oh. KFC gravy <laughs> oh with this God. limited edition candle, just in time for I, Valentine's I Day, guys. Hate nice. Gravy. I hate if gravy. you're looking to set the romantic <laughs> mood, imagine your wife's face when you come home burning <laughs> that KFC gravy candle. Mm. Oh, and man. then she finds out you didn't make dinner. <laughs> then shit gets real. The candle gets thrown in the fire. Right. Trash. <laughs> it's hilarious. Broken in the sink. Oh, I suppose you wanted extra crispy. I see. <laughs> I see. There's two hundred. Yeah. There's only two hundred and thirty of these up for grabs. They're already sold out. Uh, they're uh, that on the website, and they've already sold out. So oh. there you go. Uh, KFC gravy candle. I wonder where those sold. I want to see like the demographic. It was on a UK website. It was like a publicity. Kind oh of stuff. yeah. Um, As a joke. Okay, I, I wanted to get what you guys thought on this real quick, for especially people with kids here. Uh, kids love screens, but that doesn't mean you should keep a TV in a young child's bedroom. So there was a study. Portuguese scientists analyzed the lifestyle habits of 120 girls ages 4 to 6 years old. Parents reported on their children, and researchers found that girls with TVs in their bedroom were three times more likely to be overweight than their peers without TVs in their bedroom. The data showed that having a TV in the bedroom made the risk of obesity four times higher. A researcher wrote, Time in which children are engaged in screen time, such as TV viewing, is a serious health problem. This might reduce the use of the time potential activities, such as playing outside, being engaged in physical activity. In addition, it was suggested that the children's screen time increases with age and patterns that begin in preschool years. End quote. So what do you guys think? Is that something that, I mean, as parents that you would be conscious of, or you're like, whatever, technology's technology, they're going to mm. be looking at it anyway? Yeah, my, my children's mother and I had the same philosophy on TVs in a bedroom. I didn't even want one in my bedroom. No. Right. You know? It's bad feng shui. Bedrooms are for two room. things, <laughs> and uh, adding a TV, that's three <laughs> things. And I don't need to embellish upon that. Uh, but yeah, we had rules for the girls, hard rules about... These are screen times, but now they're 12 and 14. They're on their phones all the time. I'm not right. going to stop that. So, I mean, a TV really isn't, you know, too TV's much. Not a TV they got their phones, like, you know, make, you make the point. They got their phones anyway, so yeah. it really, kind of really doesn't matter. Yeah. But, I don't know, it's an interesting study. So. Yeah, Henry doesn't watch too much TV, and he's, he does not have a tablet. He's yeah. four, so he's seen a handful of movies and couple of tv shows that he likes that we you know stream but that's good you're not putting a tv in his bedroom or anything like that no right? that'd be crazy yeah we Seems had like, tvs in our bedroom especially when that we young were like, of an age like four we or six like years 10. old oh yeah, yeah you you guys did there you go yeah we had tv i would watch hey dude in there i'd stay i'd stay up late <laughs> try and watch get smart you know, he oh, you guys yeah. turned out all right. <laughs> yeah, so I guess, you guys kinda. just keep on that theory. Look at guys, this is the future. Amazon. What is that? Releasing is that the Amazon can? Scout. This is a mobile delivery device that Amazon is testing out in Seattle right now, and we're watching a video of a little. It looks like a little trash can with about six wheels. It's a little cooler. It rolls up to your house. The lady instinctually knows somehow to go out there. And Pop top. There's your package. And it goes on its way. And Obviously, like, there's a lot of flaws in this design. How do you no keep fucking way. Porch pirates from like just taking that to like a garage or something and taking it apart. Yeah, you could yeah. Two, two guys could pick that up and put it in the back of a pickup truck. They right, get that's shocked what, if that's they touch well, it. Well, it probably has, you they know, text a you probably tracking a code. device on it, you know, that you would they would know where it is. Maybe a laser on its head. And there's got to be a way, like a filling station, because how does that get more right. packages mm. to go around? And the, drop supposedly, them off? they say that there's some kind of maybe a, a, like a, a truck, truck or a bus that's nearby that it goes in of. and kind of launches off oh, and stays right. in the area. That thing and then goes it goes slower right than a real on. mailman, though. I mean, look I, how yeah. slow it's rolling. <laughs> it would take forever. Just give it to people, man. People need jobs. Yeah. It's about the size of a cooler, it travels along. 
long sidewalks, so six of the robots will be used, which are designed to navigate around obstacles such as people and pets. However, Dana Kara, Vice President of Robotics, uh, questioned a Time Magazine if delivery robots like this would be practical anytime soon, citing real-world issues that present engineering challenges like weather conditions, <laughs> steep inclines, shitty fucking sidewalks to yeah, begin right. with, right? Yeah, piles of shit. I mean, uh, <laughs> that is going to happen. And also, Amazon has apparently been working on testing drone delivery and last year launched a, a program encouraging people to start using their own business delivering packages to both expand delivery capacity and reduce reliance on UPS and FedEx. So just so. like dropping packages on your roof. They have the drone delivery so, too. Yeah, that's right. Like Santa Claus, right? No. Yeah. How how so how big was that package that she got out of there? It was, it was a like, pretty small one. It looks like the box. Like a I mean, come Kleenex on, box. dude. Yeah. Like a person could carry like six of those. Yeah. <laughs> same size packages in a bag, you yeah. know? Right. Uh, so there and you go. And walk faster and <laughs> Give mailman rollerblades, and that it would just, <laughs> there you go. Yeah. I'm just like imagining all of the workers' comp claims. Sorry, my HR brain. I'm imagining turns a off. bum taking a dump in that thing or something. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's oh, exactly yeah. what I thought when I saw it. I go, somebody's going to take a shit on that thing for yeah. some reason, you know? I just or like you guys said, somebody will just city. pick it up, put it in its truck, and fucking pop the top open when they get home mm -hmm. or something, take whatever yeah. packages. And then there. you hack it, and then you can send it to the store to pick you up a six-pack <laughs> six yeah. and bring it back home. Just That'd be awesome. Reprogram it. <laughs> put a cat in there and, and it'll be a surprise you know oh. take the cat on a little journey somewhere <laughs> the little prime mobile anyway that's it for us this week guys thank you guys for tuning in we'll see you next week peace later by accessing this podcast you acknowledge that the entire contents and the design of this podcast are property of the garage rock show or used by tgrs with permission and are protected under u.s and international copyright and trademark laws the information opinions and recommendations presented in this podcast are for general information only and any reliance on the information provided in this podcast is done at your own risk this podcast should not be considered professional advice the third-party materials or content of any third-party site referenced in this podcast do not necessarily reflect the opinion standards or policies of the garage rock show tgrs assumes no responsibility or liability for the accuracy or completeness of the content contained in third-party materials or on third-party sites referenced in this podcast or the compliance with applicable laws of such materials and or links referenced herein this disclaimer is posted in full at thegaragerockshow.com